my mindset going from Hong Kong and then traveling during COVID was to really connect with as many people as, as possible. Yeah. And that's really counter how intuitive yeah because like you want to be safe at the same time you also want to connect with as many yeah so it contradicts I, your point of view exactly so I was very greedy in that standpoint that okay you know I'm traveling I want to connect with my family members this is Andrian and this is Ray welcome to the Talk Laugh Podcast every two weeks we'll invite a new guest and in every session we'll dig into the life relationships and perspectives one question at a time let's talk laugh Welcome to the Talk Lab Podcast. This is Andrin. This is Ray. Okay, we're back because I cut him off like really suddenly just now, obviously. But then we're going to continue talking about traveling because why I actually segmented to the second episode is because Ray had a really interesting experience on traveling, which I want him to talk a bit more about. And then it was passing the 25-minute mark. So I was like, okay, let's just do it in the second episode. So this one... I really want to talk about how you're meeting people in, in Singapore and Malaysia. Are there actually people restriction? That's my first question in, in Singapore and Malaysia, like dining out. But I think at, as of right now, Hong Kong is opening up and I'm, I'm happy that we can actually dine out for like eight people now. And then I think on 19th, right, we can eat till 2 or 12. And karaoke are going to reopen again and now... A lot of things are opening. Like cinema is already reopened. So let's just do something later. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, so thanks for cutting off the episode. Yeah, but this is like a new week, right? For people listening. So I think more context is like, um, yeah, I think if, if you want to know more about the nitty gritty on, on the procedures traveling during COVID, the quarantine stuff, quarantine hotel, when to do swap tests, what kind of research that you need to do. Yeah, tune into the first part. But this part, like what Andrin rightly pointed out, is really more about the local regulation restrictions, but it's more on the social aspect yeah, and how to deal with, with that aspect. So to answer directly on, you know, different places, what kind of uh, procedures, procedures or SOPs or res- yeah. uh, regulations, right? So um, I think it's also important to disclaimer this, that is time sensitive. And during my time, which was uh, mid-March to the whole of April. That was when I pretty much traveled. And you can imagine, that was a time where places are opening up. Yep. It was very, very tight, in Hong Kong especially. Yeah. Yeah, and Hong Kong was very, very tight until, I think, uh, early May. Or late, late, late April? Late April. Late April, yeah. So, it was very interesting for me because uh, in March, everybody was like supposed to do the universal test, which, thank God, that they didn't go through because... If they did, it's just going to be like a logistical disaster, yeah. right? There's not enough resources to, to go door by door when even the, the frontliners in the hospitals are already... Thank God there's no lockdown like Shanghai. Like, oh, if yeah. I'm going to get demonetized for saying that, but Shanghai's condition is really, really... And we all can resonate with that, yeah. right? Like, Hong Kong being like partial lockdown yeah. in some ways, but full lockdown is really no joke, I would say. Seeing people getting traveled to Shanghai because we have uh, clients who went to Shanghai they quarantined for 21 days and suddenly they impose lockdown in Shanghai and they impose lockdown for a, a month and more so the person couldn't even leave the hotel for two months yeah you're just stuck there it's a disaster it's just and you can imagine like even for um, from a mental health perspective from that guy two months in the hotel it's it's really really tough but you can imagine what about families yeah. These are families, and they're very, very strict. Like, 
um, somehow we have friends that are in China and they are quite active on Instagram and they post real life updates on that. And the moment that they find out one case that is positive, the lockdown extends for another seven days or two And the weeks. whole community. Exactly. So it's just ridiculous because it's they're really pushing for a COVID zero thing, but you don't need a COVID zero in order to have a safe lifestyle. It's just becoming like, yeah, I it's mean, like flu. Yeah, it so. became now in Hong Kong. I think it became a flu when Hong Kong still have like two hundred, three hundred case, and in what in Korea there's like forty thousand, and they still live like normal life. Yeah, so I think really embracing the the pandemic. Yeah, and how different governments work. Which I think this podcast is not really um, focused to talk about politics or religion yeah. and stuff. We're really more open. But since we're in a topic, uh, we we still of, of this, entitled yeah. to our own opinion yeah, in a way yeah. that. I think we respect their policy, but we, we still have our own take on each aspect yeah, of life. Yeah. So anyways, going back to... Uh, regulations. Back to, yeah, the regulations on... How many people... You know, social yeah. yeah. So you guys know the context on where I'm coming from and which time period the world was opening up, at least in this region, right? And yeah, so from... Uh, let's start with Malaysia first. So give some even more context because in Malaysia at that time we, they've already went through the period of like tight lockdown and when I was there everything was already open up <laughs> so I was really really how tight was the lockdown? like um, I, I wouldn't say it's like Hong Kong tight and everything but people generally don't go out as much because the cases was like 10,000 kind daily 10,000 kind in the whole of Malaysia? yeah, yeah I mean but still a lot yeah right? it's so big though I mean yes but it's a common thing to get COVID like when you start hearing friends friends of friends colleagues you know, getting, then uh-huh. you know, like, okay, it's really spiraling, uh, a, a cluster within yeah. the, the community. Yeah. So that was the Chinese New Year period. It's just, yeah, Chinese New Year was not really a Chinese New Year in 2022 and two years before that, right? Yeah. yeah. But when I went in March, it's just one month later, things were like, okay, let's do endemic. Things were opening up. So I was very blessed. Yeah. I didn't have to quarantine in a hotel or like do seven days at home. They changed it to like, okay, five days home quarantine and as long as you apply online then you can do that yeah but i think if you don't go- apply online then you need to do a hotel quarantine seven like seven five days. days yeah five seven days okay if i remember yeah so but i think now things have changed already yeah whatever i'm saying now is not relevant but back back then when i did that was the arrangement and in malaysia pretty much open up i don't think there's a number of people restriction because when I was booking to meet friends and here and there, doesn't, yeah, doesn't matter. It's not, yeah, it's not even a requirement. Like, yeah, it's just like okay, nightclubs and all were still closed, but bars are still open. Bars are already open in Malaysia, so I'm like, yeah, just living the life, man, in Malaysia. Like, but you know, it's scary at the same time because you know that okay, uh, you're you're traveling there, but at the same time you want to connect with family members, yeah. you want to connect with friends, so you do it professionally. I think episode one, part one, we were talking about like the mindset of you really putting yourself out there to meet people there's a risk but you still have to take that calculated risk and make mm. sure you follow the SOPs and for me what this is might be a bit superstitious but I always say it's backed by science like whenever I go out I will sanitize myself but I think the most important thing is like you only take out your mask when you eat or drink and when you do like throughout your whole period when you step outside the door until you wash your hand never touch your eyes or rub your nose or your face in general. And, and I think you, that you feel safe. And I think that sort of have helped me, at least mentally, to feel like okay, as long as I don't touch my eyes, my nose, and everything, 
it's going to be a very, very low chance for the virus to be going into my respiratory tract. Because COVID, at the end of the day, is a respiratory kind of disease. So that made me feel better. But at the same time, like, there's so many people that got COVID, so I just felt very, very scared. Yeah. So you need to just take your precaution. And as, as we mentioned, if you got COVID, sometimes it's fake. <laughs> because even if you lock down yourself, you might get COVID anyways. But you need to take precaution and not be, like, licking anything outside anyway. Yeah. And try not to touch a lot of different random things, right? Because yeah. the... the it's probability game, right? Yeah. The more things you touch, the higher chance you get contracted and the higher chance you get it in your system. Yeah. So, but then Ray in Singapore... Oh, yeah. We're still... So, because you said you really had your time, right? You really had your time. <laughs> I was also very blessed and lucky, but yeah. yeah I'll let you continue first. Then Ray was uh, having dinner or lunch with a friend and then suddenly Ray got like a notification or the friend told you Oh, I'm actually got. I actually got COVID. Uh, so you better get tested. You're really a close contact. Then what do you? What would actually happen? And what do you do uh, to prevent you becoming the super spreader? I think it's very hard for me to prevent myself to be a super spreader because just to give some idea, like on COVID, right? So I, I, I think I'm sort of entitled to share. You know how long COVID typically will get into your system. So. On the moment the person is positive, it takes three days and five days. And you know that you're very safe if on day five of him telling you that he is positive and you are still negative, that you're 100% safe. Yeah. So it takes actually five days. If you really Mm -hmm. want to not be a super spreader, there's a responsibility for you to quarantine yourself for five days before you meet others. Mm. Just to make it 100% sure that you're not going to spread. Because it takes time for COVID to be in your system and you, for you to get the symptoms. Yeah. So with that in mind, I think I was irresponsible in that side. But I was not legally wrong. Because in Singapore, like there's a lot of changes, right? And Singapore was really modern. Or they really embraced COVID as an endemic kind of thing. They say, okay, we shouldn't let COVID stop the way that you live life. But we need to be bounded by the restrictions and mm. respect mm. everyone. So actually in Singapore, I'm very sure that the number of cases is definitely more than in Malaysia because the government regulation is like as long as you contracted, I mean, close contact with someone, but if you do the ART, which is the antigen rapid test, if you do it in the morning and it's still negative, you're okay to meet people. Uh. Yeah. And it's not even a requirement for you to test every day, you know, in Singapore. But me... I don't want, like, okay, my mindset, because my mindset going from Hong Kong and then traveling during COVID was to really connect with as many people as, as possible. Yeah. And that's really counter... How intuitive. Yeah, because, like, you want to be safe at the same time, you also want to connect with the as people. many... Yeah, so... It contradicts I, your point of view. Exactly. So I was very greedy in that standpoint that, okay, you know, I'm traveling, I want to connect with my family members, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I don't get... COVID Yeah So it's very Like in my mind It's like Okay every day There's a chance to do Yeah But I think how I went About it Is like saying like Okay There's always a chance anyway You just take the Extra precautions But if you do get it You get it And if you don't Life goes on Let's keep rolling mm. But what I did Was every time In Singapore Every day I test myself I do a test And I make sure That I'm negative first Before, before you go out So I always text The person Send them like, oh, by the way, I'm negative. It's just like me protecting 
uh, uh, you because I'm really meeting three different people at least or three different groups a day breakfast meeting lunch meeting happy hour dinners yeah Singapore is really open up because when I went in 1st of April basically my high school friends were celebrating wow 10 people gathering because that's the limit in Singapore on 1st of April so 2nd April I started meeting my high school friend and that's like 10 people at once I'm like oh shit it's gonna be uh, high risk right mm. so yeah turned out well and everything and I think just to give some context to people on like how many people that I met I basically counted because like I took Scoot, right, to fly, and there's no TV. So basically, I had a lot of time to think and reflect. And one of the things that I did was counting how many people I met throughout my time in Malaysia <laughs> and Singapore before, you know, entering the seven days quarantine in Hong Kong. And it's around 60 people. You meet 60 people. 60 people. That's quite a lot of people. And I'm very, very blessed that everything turned out well, smooth, and still COVID negative. So I think that's something that I'm really, really blessed and happy about. It's not something I should brag about, but you just feel blessed. Yeah, very grateful. So everything mm. worked out well for me. So your pointer, as you're written here, is you really made most of your trip out of like your, what, five weeks of leave, basically. Yeah. You, you meet everyone and then you were hanging out with friends. Do you feel rejuvenated when you come back to Hong Kong now? Yeah, of course. Right. So basically, it was not five weeks of leave. So my leave was two and a half weeks. And then on my third week in Singapore, it was really the day I was onboarding. It's just that I was shuffling and juggling myself meet with the people that have helped me in Hong Kong. Yeah. That were supporting me off Singapore because mm. I have some friends, work friends and also high school friends. Yeah. So it was really, really... Um, a great experience just to reconnect with old friends and also you know work colleagues that have been supporting me during covid and pre-covid and i have never met them in in real in life person yeah so i think it's really good that we we got some takeaways from from traveling hopefully we can travel soon hopefully it will be like what i don't know five days of home quarantine then we can actually begin traveling again yeah. For, for Hong Kong people yeah. Obviously That'll For be myself nice. Because I don't have enough Holidays Enough leaves to, to do all these And hopefully some companies Are more flexible To do hybrid But You then, can leave your job And plan your Next move Wow As Ray may be hiring me Obviously I mean that's That's an option right I mean yeah. a lot of people Have also Considered like Okay my job is not that great And stuff Why don't I take time off And then Find another role And then they They plan yeah. Like me right Like yeah. this But yeah, gotta think wisely whether before you leave your job is is a big decision. Don't leave a job because you just want to travel. That's that's, that's really that's ridiculous. That's really dumb. The ROI is not there yeah. and you'll affect your, your thing. But but, yeah. but you need to think of what's the best job for you, what's the best role for you to switch and I think Ray is really happy about switching to Databricks. So yeah, right? I think we can cover that on the on another on the day next episode. Because right? I think um just to give some I'm not sure whether we'll do an episode when, but that's a lot of things and thought that I put into and ask different people for advice before actually making the switch. Mm. And I think it will, will, it will really be beneficial if not relevant within the same industry, but the same thought process, the same framework can be applied to any industry. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we can, we can cover that in, in a different episode. Yeah. Seems like Ray put a lot of thought into... Yeah, you were part how, of the thought process, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. How, how he actually think of the switching a job and then now it seems like 
he actually rejuvenated and he seems a lot happier. And I think it's a really good process. And it's good to see that Ray is back and is his 120%. But then we're not going to talk about that. So stay tuned if we ever going to do that episode soon. But then one thing is actually also in the process, right? Yeah. And that's really the <laughs> last part of this episode. It's Malai Jai. Malai Jai now really congratulate Ray. Even though followers doesn't mean anything. Like overall. But then it also... Ray actually reached 12k of followers on Malajai. It, what it means is his hard work actually paid off because originally he thought of just using it as his workout journal to record himself, but afterwards it blew up. Do you have any <laughs> tips for going viral? I mean, it's not tips or anything, but I think I would say like yeah, it's a it's an interesting episode, but I think we can cover it as a topic, yeah. a quick topic now, and just to you know give more context. And personal touch to, to to our audience that have been listening to us. So I think those that have known me personally um, would already know. Or you might be hearing this podcast because uh, you've been uh, hearing it from Malai Zai. So Malai Zai, like what Andrian have uh, introduced, is really a fitness journal that I've created like more than two and a half years ago. If I remember, it's like 2019, August, September kind of time. That was when Malai Zai was born. And back then, it was not Malai Thai Fitness. It was Malai Thai Ray. And then because of SEO re- reasons, I watch a lot of YouTube and they say, oh, you should put your handle to be identified with your niche. And I said, okay, yeah, fitness journal. That's just, my name is not important. Let's do fitness. Yeah, so I think that that was the mindset that I created this uh, fitness journal. It's not really to, um, yeah, grow. And like, of course, that's like really the upside, but I was really more thinking like, oh, I, I already you know, work out a few times a week. I'm consistent at that. Let's make me accountable to continue working out. And that's why Malai Zai was born mm. as a fitness journal. And in return, I was like, okay, if I'm already going to document all this uh, fitness journal, why don't I also inspire and create a positive impact from, from that standpoint? So that's the whole idea behind Malai Zai. And I've been consistent uh, with my workouts and also with uh, posting content every now and then. And I think, yeah, so interesting point on like how I got viral. I wouldn't say like super viral, but for my perspective, I'm like super mind blown. It's crazy. <laughs> so I think just to give context, right, on how, why I consider that as viral. So it took like two and a half years before I can achieve that 1K following. Like, but at the end of the day, like followers, number of counts, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it, because like when I was in Malaysia, I met people that I connected and I felt like, wow, this is so powerful. Social media is powerful. You can meet and actually build communities from it. And the number of followers doesn't matter. As long as you can relate. So, but anyway, that's just to give some context. How I got from zero to 1,000, it took two and a half years. Yeah. But the moment when I went to Singapore and I started tagging like the jewel, and I think that one of the posts got viral. So I was in jewel crown, is it called? No, jewel Changi. Yeah. So basically the waterfall. Uh, in, in the airport, the airport right? Yeah. And I post and I tag the location. And that post went viral. Viral to the point that, you know, you know when you click into the location tag, you're like the top nine photos. Wow. And basically, I was looking at my phone, like, it was not buzzing because I never had notifications, but I could see, like, the number of likes was crazy. It's the first time I went, like, more than 1,000 likes in a photo for an account with uh, less than, like, back then, like, less than 1,000 following. That's a lot, man. On average, it's like uh, 100, 150. That's the typical range that I'll have. Yeah, so that was, I'm like, wow, okay, it just blew up. 
So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then basically everything that I, you know, you stay consistent and stuff. I just been posting uh, different posts and everything. And it just continue. It snowballed. So I think like it just tapped into the algori- algorithm, algorithm of Instagram. And, and you yeah. also write on something is reels, right? Because Instagram is pushing reels out and you're pushing good content on reels. And you got how many views that you get for one video? Yeah. So I think, uh, so back, just con- I'll, I'll touch the reels part yeah. but just like you know it blew up one post and then when you're consistent it just like the inertia just kept going yeah. up and it just kept pushing to wider audience so I'm like wow the trip changing roles and stuff and now yeah I don't know I don't know whether it's like the law of attraction or what but the idea is like you basically have to put in the work for two and a half years and sometimes I would say why I consider myself grateful and blessed is because most people most people, they still, you know, after doing five years, sometimes you never know when you're going to blow up. Yeah. Or never blow up. Exactly. So I thought like, okay, it was just my fitness journal. I'm having fun with it. I'm like meeting new people online, connecting with different people during my home quarantine and there. And yeah, I just had my mini community. I was like happy running that on the side. And then in Singapore, it just like got pushed and then boom, it just went viral. And yeah, touching on the real side, right? Yeah, because, you know, home quarantine, I think, like, uh, Hong Kong was opening up, some places are locked down, yeah, you do this kind of reels, I mean, uh, workout videos in the reels, so I was, like, doing it in the hotel, hotel quarantine kind of workout, and yeah, it's just really leveraging what Instagram was really pushing to at the same time of me being part of the algorithm, and it just went viral, like, there's, like, one video that got, like, more than 300k views now, Wow. for, like, now it's like a 10k account yeah so just to give some context how crazy and viral it is like some days it will be 1000 followers a day and that's for me unheard of man it's basically doubling for yeah. the original so I basically 10x my yeah. number of followers in this span of 5 weeks I should have done the Malajai coin <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's just some context on you know where I'm at at the social media journey yeah, but- and whether how I'm taking in all this like I'm taking it as very you know hum- I'm very humble very grateful for what I have but it d- doesn't change me as a person but it does make me changed him already made, made him uh, yeah okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean like I, I whether it affects you on something I think it does in some way like at least your online presence has some more credibility yeah. I would say but Ho- I hope to still yeah. stay rooted yeah. because that's but yeah. hopefully your Malaysia channel can help us invite guests easier because your credibility yeah that definitely helps right so i've been you know you know how i'm always doing the bd to get the guests yeah to talk to different people yes. right yeah so now with malai Zai, i think it's a lot easier man like people will just like notice like oh you already have 10k so i think using that and capital capitalizing on that i think that's that's good right yeah because we can get more we can do viral by viral something like that yeah leverage yeah. on what you're testing exactly so i think that's gonna be interesting for top lah growing our audience because it's all about maximizing the positive impact to young adults especially yeah yeah so people around our age group and <laughs> hopefully we can we can grow that into the malaysia direction as well but it's very interesting that one thing i want to point out is ray's channel actually got 91 percent of what engagement right yeah so i think this was not surprising at all to be honest because um i think when i started the account there was a trend that that's i i thought like starting a fitness channel you know putting 
a decent looking person on screen and decently okay body out there you thought like oh you inspire a lot of girls and get connected with a lot of girls followers not true at all not true so the opposite actually happened and yeah just an interesting learning process that um, you cannot choose who your niche is i mean who your followers are but what you can do is like choose what kind of content to you push out yeah and then based on people's liking and stuff they will they will choose whether they want to follow you and somehow the LGBTQ community was really supporting and rooting for Malai Thai. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the one, like the two and a half years, yeah, it was already like brewing a lot of different uh, engagements from there. Not physically, of course, but like they were very supportive on that. So when the algorithm took off in Singapore, it was mainly, I could feel, it was really mainly the LGBTQ. And it was really, really strong and powerful. <laughs> That snowballed into that the thing. So it was very interesting to know, like, yeah, I still kept my niche to be more about fitness, mindset, food, yeah. But now I think, like, with, you know, 10K kind of following, I don't have to be super focused. But I was still focused mainly about my workout, you know, it's positive still, It's mindset. still part of you. It's the you, same thing, yeah. Yeah, because you started because of that reason, and you continue that direction. So I think, hopefully... He can also leverage on some kill L sponsor if uh, what Jim Shark is listening, my full team. Here's your guy. I think um yeah, put put a lot of thought into, you know, what kind of direction. I think right now, like I'm not really keen to monetize it. I'm okay to spread the word on brands that I really, really like and resonate with. Yeah. But in terms of really um monetizing it and everything, I think it's a bit uh, yeah, it's not an urgent yeah, yeah. thing. So I really want to focus more on building, building a community. A brand, yeah. Building a community. Yep. And having meetups in Hong Kong, in Singapore, and Malaysia. That will be so cool. Just meeting like-minded people that like fitness or really like my life time. Yeah, but I, I think it's, it's, it's good. Yeah, connect with people that do yoga and people that do focus on calisthenics. People that like beer but work out. It's just so diverse, so interesting. So... I think the main focus now for me is really building the community and see where that takes you know, us, yeah. the podcast, because that's like a network effect spillover. Yeah. So I think it's going to be an exciting journey ahead. Yeah. yeah. So let's see where everything takes us in the future. And if you, that's probably a wrap for our episode. Do you have anything yeah. to add? No, I think, I think that's good. I just wanted to say like, you know, thank you so much, you know, Andrian for being part of the journey. We've been consistent for, you know, one and a half, almost one and a half years now. It's yeah. been crazy. Like every week, I, I wouldn't say every week we do, but most of the weeks we do publish an episode and we stay true to that to come up with one episode weekly. And we appreciate our viewers a lot too, because taking, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes sometimes of your time to, you know, listen to us talking and, you know, listen to the guest perspective, even though the topics are ran- very random, but I think your commitment to you know support us give us feedback share our uh, stuff even though it's a small number of people i think we truly appreciate you know our early followers early fans and hopefully you know we can still continue to do this forever because i think that's um the foundation of building communities and building uh larger impact to people so just want to say yeah just grateful for the whole journey and I think the last four or five weeks have really crystallized uh, you know at least my my fulfillment and energy levels to, to what I want to do yeah 
So this will be a wrap. If you like us, subscribe us on YouTube, follow us on Instagram, and DM us if you have any comments. And that's it. Thank you very much. See you. Bye. Bye.